Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Amen. What a joy and a privilege for me to be here in Bayside Church, uh, which I've been coming here uh, for many, many years. Some of you might remember me from a long time ago. Some of you uh, just met me maybe this time or a few years ago. And I've been coming here ever since Pastor Ross took over and uh, enjoying my time. And I really want to thank this church for being a very, very strong, as a matter of fact, the largest supporter of our ministry in Australia. Amen. Hallelujah. And it is getting larger every year. By the time you sign up uh, a few pastors and some orphans, I'll walk out from here saying, Lord, you have enlarged them again. And, uh, but thank you for that, my people, my wife, my children, my pastors. They thank you for your generosity your sacrifice for the work we are doing in India. By the way, I want to show you what you have done in the nation of India this year. So let's have a look at a picture. That is an orphanage that we built, the money that we raised here in this church. You are not excited? Well, that's like a mansion. That you have to see the present uh, orphanage where the kids are. They are in a small place, maybe one third of this, this platform. And that is there. The, all the children sleep in one room on the floor. And that is their study hall. That is everything. And from there, they are moving. It's almost from the shack to the palace. Amen. So this is their kitchen. And, uh, and this is, we. whenever we build a... Uh, a building. We build it like a multi-purpose uh, building. So this is actually a church hall attached to that building. So we can uh, seat about 100 people, of course, uh, Indian style. And uh, Australians, maybe 20 people might sit. <laughs> and so we sit on the floor. And uh, so it's an amazing building. It will have enough space for their bedrooms, and here it is, a name there, and uh, Belisa Boys Home in Gwalior. So, thank you so much for doing that. That's our boys at the moment, and Lisa from your church, she came about a month ago. She visited the, the orphanage, and she took the pictures for you to see. So, there are the boys there, and they've been coming and asking me, well, when are we going to move to our new home? I said, we don't have anything there. We own an empty building. So you have to wait till I come back. Because in this trip, I'm trying to raise the money to furnish this place. It's costing us $8,000 uh, to furnish, putting beds and uh, the dining halls, the study hall, and all that. And we have been raising money. Pastor Ross has been so gracious encouraging people from yesterday onwards in the uh, men's breakfast and 
this morning two services and here we are the last one and he's going to take the last offering also towards that and we're hoping to take the money back and establish that place so that our children can find a better place to stay amen and thank you once again for making it happen i want to thank brother phil uh, for his uh, uh ardent and and dedicated uh fundraising on behalf of the church running after you with a tin you know the tin was running after you which way you want to call it and uh, but you gave and we appreciate that and we are so grateful to you and the church has grown today to be more than 4000 churches that means we got more than 4000 pastors and uh, we got 17 orphanages and various other activities some of you in the morning you saw the details of the ministry anyway and uh, so one of the things that i do all the time people get tired of it when i'm asking people to support our pastors and support our orphans uh, is almost like a broken cd but to me it is our lifeline you know we are trying to raise support for one more pastor find a sponsor for one more orphan to make a difference in their lives amen so we got some uh, photographs of the pastors and orphans there pastor peter will be there he has been helping me and uh, just just walk through the hall of fame that's how i call it because the the people who are there in those photos to me they are the greatest heroes that i have ever known in my life pastors living in a remote village you know preaching the gospel and uh, being beaten up almost daily their children starving but there they are because if they are not there the gospel will never reach and they are working so hard and they need a bit of a help in a roof over their head one meal on the table and you can make it to happen if you're willing to put aside 2 dollars every day and that 60 dollars will change the life of a pastor and family 30 dollars will change the life of an orphan so think about that if god speaks to you to help us please don't walk away go there sign up and god will provide you that money to give us to support those pastors and orphans in india amen the work continues on in india and god is doing amazing things through ordinary people you know i was sharing a story in the afternoon in the lunch time with pastor ross and others you know every every year i have a a convention where all my pastors come together and i make it a point that i will meet with every pastor personally once a year and talk to them so far we have had uh like 4000 pastors and still i was able to do that i meet with every pastor personally and talk to them and they can share with me anything they can share complain against their area pastor they can complain against the regional pastor and my promise is that meeting is confidential and they will not lose their job for whatever they got to share with me amen 
So I'm sitting with them. So five days of convention. So there's meetings day, afternoon, in the evening. And the only time that I meet with them will be in the night. So I give them times, you know, like 10 to 11 o'clock, 11 to 12, 12 to 1, 1 to 2. After 3 o'clock, I meet with people every night for five nights. So, I mean, the other people also come in, you know, like the members from the churches also come and sit there and listen to what I got to share with the pastors. So an old lady put her hand up and she said, Pastor, I have a little experience I just share with you. Can I do that? I said, sure. Tell me. So she said, she's the only Christian in the whole village. And she's a very uneducated, poor woman. So she has been ridiculed, challenged, and threatened by the people of the village. Going on every day. And she lives with that. And she will still tell them about the Lord. She will tell them what Jesus can do for them. How Jesus can do miracles and wonders. You know, heal the people, raise the dead and all this. So she's mocked it all the time. And one day, a young man died in the village. She was hesitant, but she felt as a, as a villager, she must also go to the death house and pay her last respect to them. So she went in there and already the whole village was gathered there. The moment she walked in, they started screaming at her. They started shouting at her, calling her all names. And, and suddenly, one of the guys said, bring that lady inside. So they brought her in and the dead body was just there lying. And they made her to stand next to her and said, okay, you've been talking too much about your God all the time. And you always say that your God can raise the dead. All right? Ask your God to raise this man right now. Otherwise, you're not going to go out from here. So she's narrating the story, right? So she's not a pastor. So she doesn't know to do all this great prayer type of stuff. So she's being pushed and everybody's angry. So she walked towards the dead body and she looked at the dead body. And she said something like this, Lord, it seems like we both are in trouble. As a matter of fact, they are upset with you more than I am. And they are demanding that you should raise this guy. If you do that, we both can go out free. Otherwise, you are okay because you are not here, but I will be really in trouble. So, why don't you do something, Lord, raise this guy. And she touched the dead body and the man sat up. And she was telling me the story as if that she got somebody healed of a headache. And I said, you just raised somebody from the dead? Well, that's what others say. But the man sat up anyway. So now the, the village is turning to Christ. The people will not even stand. When she's walking, they back off to the end of the street. <laughs> They're petrified. <laughs> man, stay from this girl, man. She could do anything. So when we were talking to the another lady said, I have got a little story. I said, okay, it gets more and more interesting. Okay, you guys, you shut up, let's hear the story. So I said, okay, what have we got to say? She said, we went, uh, me and another lady, we went to pray for a man who was suffering with ulcer. 
stomach also he was in so much a crucial pain it's unbearable to even to see him so we read in the bible that you should put the oil and pray for the sick so she said we took this little bottle of oil and uh, so we started pouring it on his stomach and he said as we started pouring the oil became blood this is blood so anyway when that blood touched the stomach the guy jumped up say i'm healed i'm healed everything's gone pain is gone i'm fine amen so he was healed instantaneously but they did not know what to do with this so called blood in this bottle so they took it to the doctors and they said we actually had oil but now we look at it as looks like blood would you please check it out whether this is blood how did this happen so they gave it to the doctor so he said wait here we'll check it out so they sent it to the lab and they brought the result back and the doctor said well there is no doubt it is blood there's no doubt about that but the only problem that we are having is we could not match this blood with any group that we know is it amazing this blood will not match any group that you know because this is the blood of jesus amen hallelujah this was not done by benny hin by the way this was done by a poor village woman you know raised the dead and bringing the blood on the tummy and healing that person and the story goes on amen and god confirmed his word with signs and wonders amen hallelujah and you don't need to be a great apostle to do it every born again believer can be a miracle worker in the kingdom of god amen hallelujah uh, i think i should preach a little bit is it okay this is my last meeting anyway so whether you like it or not i'm going to preach so turn your bibles with me to malachi no somebody came this morning right so let's change it let's let's turn our bibles to the book of second kings second kings chapter 7 you're looking at it through whatever gadgets you have so keep that page open i'll run it through quickly and we can finish on time did i hear that you're going to go for a party after this meeting what is it eating or meeting or what is it eating eating is i'm coming with you you know i'll shut this out quickly you know who cares about these people <laughs> amen all right but i'll preach okay all right don't get upset i'll give i'll preach a good message because i want to come back again second kings chapter 7 verse 1 then elisha said hear the word of the lord Thus says the Lord tomorrow about this time a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria 
This is God speaking through his prophet. And God is saying, tomorrow about this time, within 24 hours, I'm going to change things in this country. He says, tomorrow about this time, a sea of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. And two seahs of barley will be sold for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So that is what God is binding himself with a promise. And he's saying, this is what I'm planning to do. And you might think like this, what's the big deal of selling some wheat flour and some barley flour? That's not a great miracle. Of course it is. If you look at the previous chapter, where you will find that the land of Samaria, the people of Israel, are going through one of the worst famine that they have ever gone through. Because the Syrians have seized the place. Nobody could go out. Nobody could come in. No food can be brought in or out. And also the famine was so severe that they were selling the head of a donkey. This is not for stuffing and putting it, sticking it on your wall. This is for eating, by the way. So they were selling the head of a donkey for so much money. And they were selling the Dow's droppings. They're measuring it and selling it for people to eat. And that's bad enough. And the famine was getting worse to the extent now the mothers were making a deal of killing their own children and eating them. So two women made a deal that we will kill your son and eat him today and tomorrow we will kill my son and we will eat him tomorrow. So they boiled the son and they ate him and the next day when this woman asking the mother, she has hidden her son. And they are fighting over one in his son and, and bringing this problem to the king and saying, she's not giving her son. For what? For us to boil him and eat him. Well, have you heard anything about like this? You know, we use the word famine. But most of us have got no idea what it is. We might know the meaning of that word. But none of us have ever been in one. So here, famine in his worst case. And this is the condition and the background of Samaria. And on the next chapter, verse 1, their God is giving you a promise. He literally binds himself out. He says, 24 hours from now, I'm going to do a miracle. He said, in the middle of this famine, where the people are eating the dow's droppings, eating the head of the donkey, whether the mother is eating their children, I am making you a promise that tomorrow by this time, there will be fine flour of wheat, there will be fine flour of barley, will be sold at the gate of Samaria. Amen? This is what God promises. My dear friends, we are serving a God he is a God of miracles. You're serving a God whose promises are amazing. Amen. 
He's the only one who can change the worst famine into a place of prosperity within 24 hours time. Amen? When you and I facing situations and problems in our life, we always wonder. We think how long this is going to take. How many days, months, years it's going to take to change the situation of my life. But tonight I want you to hear when God involves, it's not days and weeks and months. God says within 24 hours, I can change the situation of your life. Amen? That's God speaking to us. Verse 2, one of the officers of the, of the king was saying, and he was saying something like this, well, even if God will make new windows in heaven, this thing can never happen. That's what the world is saying. I always used to ask the people, the people of God, which side are you? Is it, it is easier for you and me to flow with the crowd. It's easier for us to say, you're right, in the middle of a famine, for things to change, it's not possible. It might take days and months and years. It's never going to happen. That's easier to say than to believe on the words of a God who never tells lies. Amen? I want you to believe God with me today. A God who promises amazing things within a short span of time to change your life and my life. Amen? What do you want to be changed in your life? He says, it takes only 24 hours for me. Amen? What do you want to believe? Do you want to believe the officer of the king? Or do you want to believe the man of God who brings God's word into our lives? Amen? It's better for us to believe God than believing man. Because it is better because God never changes. God's words are always a and amen. Amen? So the clock was set. God set the clock. And the clock started ticking because he said, tomorrow by this time. 24 hours. Going to change everything. Amen? Morning becomes afternoon. And everybody is thinking how it's going to happen. So God says, okay, time for me to work. So what did he do? There outside, it is a camp of the Syrians. Tens of thousands of soldiers staying there. Camped around the city. And there they were. And God moves into that camp. And God made a noise. Which sounded like the noise of the chariots and the horses coming towards them. That's all God did. Amen. He didn't even send one chariot. He didn't even make one horse to get there. He only made the noise of the chariots and the horses. By the way that they heard the sound. The Syrian army was so petrified. They felt by this noise of it, whatever is coming is much bigger and stronger than us. And we cannot fight them. The only way to save our life is to run for our life. So what did they do? They left everything behind. They left their horses, their chariots, their, their spears, their swords, and they left their clothes along the way. They ran for their life. Leaving everything behind. And of course, 
There are tent after tent after tent of food sitting there, the supplies for this huge army that was kept there. And that is also lying there, empty, with nobody there. By the time the evening came, God has done his miracle. The only thing is, God's promise was that I will make this flour of wheat and barley to sell at the gate of Samaria. That was the promise. But the problem is, the miracle has already happened. The flour is all ready. But it is sitting in the enemy's camp. But the question is, who is going to help to transport this miracle from the enemy's camp to the gate of Samaria? Well, that is where you and I come. For God to do his miracle is not the hardest thing. But to move the miracle to the place it is necessary, it is the hardest thing to do. Amen? And how is it going to happen? The Bible says, in verse 3, there were four lepers sitting outside the city. I'm going to compare these four lepers to you and me. Well, lepers is not a great thing to compare, but that's the only one I can find. So we're going to compare you and me to the lepers and to show how we can fulfill God's plan and purpose. Okay? So the lepers were sitting and talking to each other and they said like this, we've got three choices. Number one, you stay in the same place and we will die. Or number two, you go into the, in, inside the city where this, the whole city is dying and you die with them. And, but there is a third choice, that is, you go into the enemy's camp and there is a possibility of life. Amen? Let me say you in the spiritual meaning of it. My dear friends, we as Christians, if you stay put in the same place where we have been in the last few years, and if you don't move forward where God wants you and me to be, we will die spiritually. Amen? Every one of us remember that tonight. The Christianity is not a place to be stuck in one place, but it is a constant moving. Because our God is not a static God. He is a God who moves. And he says, if you want to live, you should move with me. And God wants us to move with him and so that we can find life with him. But if we don't move on, if we stay stuck, in the same place of your Christianity, then we will die. The second choice is almost the same. If you go and hang around the people who are already dying, you die with them. Amen? Because you are just hanging around a bunch of Christians when you're not going anywhere. You know, their life is so cold and just so boring and they're not doing anything for God. You hang around with them? Well, sure enough, you will die with them. But there's a third choice is... You press on into the enemy's camp. You move forward. And you get to the place where there is danger outside there. There is challenges outside there. But there's a chance. There is life waiting for you. Amen? So they left the two choices. And they decided to take the third choice. And they went into the enemy's camp. 
And the way he got there, the place is so quiet. There's not a movement. Nobody's there. And the lepers were thinking first, are they hiding somewhere? They walked around, looked from 10 to 10. They didn't see anybody. All they could see was the, the swords, the spears, the clothing, everything strewn, lying all over the way. And they have all gone, run away from there. They walked from tent to tent. Nobody was there. Finally, they came to the place where all the food was there. So they said, thank God. So they started eating. And we are in verse 8. And they came and they went into one tent and they ate and drank. And they carried from the tent silver and gold and clothing and hide them and they came back and they ate again. They carried stuff again. Hide it. They came back again eating and drinking. And they are enjoying time. And they were doing it all through this verse 8. Going from tent to tent eating and drinking taking the precious stuff putting it aside, coming back, enjoying life again and again. Well, there is nothing wrong with them eating and drinking. They were starving. And to them it is God's provision. So they were enjoying their food. They are enjoying their eating and drinking. And then they go and get this precious stuff and they are hiding it. And they are coming back and they are doing it again. As I said to you earlier, I am trying to compare today the lepers with you and me. And this is what we do in our life. As Christians, when we decide to follow God, God's blessings come upon us. Amen? God's miraculous provision will come into your life. And God will give you your need, your prosperity in the midst of famine which is around the world where you will be able to eat and drink and drink and eat and eat and drink as well. Enjoy yourself. And you're taking the stuff and you're hiding it and you're not satisfied. You're taking it again and you're hiding it. Silver, gold and the precious stuff and you're carrying it again and again and putting it in the bank and saving it up. Buying one more house. Buying two more cars. Doing something more. Getting so much money. Making some more money. Don't mistake me. Nothing wrong with that. But the only question is, how long you're going to do this? How long you're going to repeat? How much more you will eat? How much more you can drink? How much more silver and gold you can take and hide? When is it going to finish? <clears throat> when are you going to start thinking about others than just yourself? Amen? That's my message. Amen? There's nothing wrong being prosperous. Nothing wrong being blessed. Nothing wrong eating and drinking. There's nothing wrong having wealth in this place. The only thing that is wrong is when you and I become selfish. When you and I don't care about others. When you and I become like the people of the world. Holding everything for myself. Thinking I don't care about the rest of the world. Then it is wrong. Amen. So what am I supposed to do? 
you should do what the lepers did in verse 9 you read in verse 9 it says like then they said to one another we are not doing what is right what is not right is it eating not right of course it is right is drinking not right of course it is is taking the silver and gold for yourselves of course it is right then what is not right they are saying to each other what we are doing is not right what is not right they say because this is the day of good news amen if we remain silent if we wait until the morning light some punishment will come upon us now let us therefore go and tell the king what has happened in this place amen so what is not right the only thing that is wrong is not taking the good news not taking the miracle of god to the people who are dying inside that city the only good news is the provision is there you don't need to die in your hunger god has already done a miracle come and partake from the miracle that god has given amen that is a message that is a message that god is asking you and me to give to them this is the day of good news what is the day of good news the day of good news is the news to the world saying the world does not need to live and die in their sin anymore there is a savior who is born for them amen the son of god has come down from heaven you don't need to live and die in your sin anymore because god has already done a miracle all you need to do is to come and participate in the miracle and who has got the good news the lepers have got the good news who has got the good news for this world you and i have got the good news outside in the world they don't know they think this is life eat and drink and make merry this is it but we have a good news because this is the day of good news the bible says this is the day of salvation this is a time of acceptance god jesus saying this is a time to call upon the name of the lord this is a time for the world to turn to christ but we have the good news we have the message and god expects you and me to take the message to the people who are dying in their sins amen god says eat as much as you want i don't care drink take things and keep it for yourself but you cannot back off from the responsibility you can never become selfish because i have given you the mandate you are the only one who has seen my miracle and it is your job to take the miracle to the people out inside that city and tell them they don't need to die amen hallelujah they went into the city they told the king the king didn't believe it that's a problem right have you found that out you talk about jesus christ you talk about the salvation you talk about the miracle healing people don't believe us what does it matter you want to talk to them anyway amen because at the end of the day we are the only one who has got the good news we have the answer for the problem of this world amen and he sent the only chariot that was there and they went and they came back with the news saying yes 
They were right. The enemies are gone. Food is plenty. And now you have to realize the clock is still ticking. Now it is getting past midnight. And the, and the miracle is still lying in the enemy's camp. And the message has reached the king. And now they have sent their cards and the people and the soldiers. And now they are moving the miracle. They are moving the food items from the enemy's camp. And they moved it towards the gate of Samaria. Amen. By the time the food, the wheat, the barley and the food item that reached the gate of Samaria. As they set up the market to sell this stuff to the people. The clock of God stuck 24 hours. And God said, I just did it. Amen. Hallelujah. God just did the miracle. And they were selling. As if they never had a famine. That's what God does, you know. When God moves into our life, God changes us. When God opens the windows of heaven, when the prosperity comes into our life, it's almost like your bad life was a bad dream. You never had it. It's as if that it was always prosperous. It was always wonderful. And here they were selling this food at the gate of Samaria. And we know, as the man of God said, the, the officer died of a stampede. He could not eat the food. And the people found their prosperity because God's promise was fulfilled only because of the four lepers who obeyed the call of God in their life. Amen? Imagine what would have happened if the four lepers never came back to the king. Imagine what would have happened if they decided to be selfish. They kept everything that they had to themselves. And they couldn't care less about a dying world. What would have happened? Friends, a big mandate has been given to you and me. The call of God is upon us so strong. You and I can never be selfish. Enjoying the blessing of God because of your salvation. Because of you becoming a child of God. How could you and me sit around and do nothing when the world is drifting into hell because of these sins? I heard about a story. There was a man in a shipwreck and he was just floating along the water with a piece of wood. And the rescue team came and the helicopters came and, and they picked him up and they took him to the ship and he is lying there. And he's frantically looking here and there. And the, the, the officer is saying, you're okay. You're okay. You're safe. You're safe. You're not in that water anymore. You're not in the water. You're safe. We have, we have saved you. You're in the ship safe. And he said, no, no, no. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking because there's another man who was drowning next to me. Where was he? I can't see him. Can you see it? He didn't care about his safety. But he was caring about the man who was drowning next to him. And he's saying, where is that man who was drowning next to me? Amen. I heard about another story. 
the story of a dentist. Now, it's a vet who saw a, a dog, little dog, with a broken leg. So he took the dog inside and put a bandage and all that and sent the dog away. So after a few days, the dog was perfectly okay and, and there was a scratch on the door of this vet. So it's not somebody knocking, something is scratching. So he came and opened the door and the dog that he treated was standing there wagging his tail. So he said, oh, what a, uh, you know, grateful God, a dog that has come and looking at me. So he's wagging his tail, so, but the t- dog is trying to get his attention. It is pulling, it is pulling him and, and he, he brought him out of the, uh, the door and he's come onto the street. And the dog was showing somebody else and he looked and there he saw another dog with a broken leg. We should be better than the dog, don't you think? We should be better than the man who was drowning. It was the unselfish dedication of those four lepers that saved the lives of a whole city. Friends, I believe the Bayside Church has got a call, has got a mandate that God has given to you and me so that this city will not perish without Christ. We will never allow that to happen. We will make sure that we will take the promise and the miracle of God to the gate of Samaria where they will have the spiritual food that their life will be blessed. Amen. Stand with me. Let's pray. God always wants to do miracles. God always wants to save people. But we should know by now, He can't do it without you and me. We are His arms. We are His legs. We are the carriers of the good news. We cannot back off. We cannot be selfish. I want to give you a simple call this evening. I want you to look at those lepers where they said this is what we are doing is not right because this is a day of good news. Would you pray with me tonight and say, Lord, I want to be like that leper. I want to be unselfish like them. I want to feel for the people who are dying in their sin. A dying world around me. Lord, I will rise up within myself and I'll reach out to the lost. I'm willing to bring the good news. I want to become the transporter of the miracle of God from the enemy's camp to the gate of Samaria. That should be our prayer tonight. Lord, I want to be the transporter of God's miracle so that his promise will be fulfilled because of my commitment. Would you like to pray to God tonight saying, Lord, I want to be one of those lepers. Lord, I want to be one of them. Unselfish, dedicated, committed to the cause to transport God's faithfulness. Take me and use me, Lord. If you want to pray that prayer, lift up your hand with me. We'll pray together. Let the Lord anoint us and use us. Let us become great soul winners. Let us become the transporters of God's miracle. May the Lord do mighty wonders and miracles. Heavenly Father, we stand before your throne with our hands lifted up towards heaven. 
Our hearts crying out to you, Lord. Saying, Lord, we are sorry. We have been selfish many, many times. Lord, we have been carried away by hoarding things for ourselves. We didn't think about the needs around us, Lord. But tonight, through this story, we realize how important we are in your kingdom. How important we are in the, in the ministry. Lord, without us, the miracle will never take place. Without us, the people will not come out of their famine. But today, we, we commit ourselves, Lord, that we are willing, we are ready, Lord, to carry your miracle. We want to be the transporters, Lord, to carry this miracle to, the, the, to his destination, to the dying world, so that the people will know this is the day of good news. I pray your blessing will be upon each and every one, Lord. Glorify your name through each and every one of our lives. Bless this church. Bless Pastor Ross, his family, Pastor Peter and family, and all the ministry team. I pray God's blessing will be upon them. Bless them, Lord, for what they have done for us. Continue to bless us as they continue to stand with us. We give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Keep praying for us. Praying for the family. Pray for the nation of India. And do whatever you can. Remember every penny that is given tonight. It will be used for the furnishing of the orphanage building. So give generously. Don't forget to visit the table and do whatever you can. God will richly bless you. Thank you, Pastor Ross. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.